Hey guys, welcome back to the Take a Seat, Not a Side podcast hosted by Kelsey and Brian Halverson. This is a couples podcast where we dive into all things pop culture with our own special twist. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. Hi, guys. Today we are diving into the superhero villain region of our 64 villain tournament. When we did the Zack Snyder's Justice League review, we did touch a little bit on some villains um, when we did our draft, but this is definitely going to be more in-depth and it's going to include more villain villains like I feel like I don't know we'll kind of get into how we selected who we selected but I feel like some of those suicide squad anti-heroes I don't know I don't really consider them classic villains speaking of suicide squad the new movie's out it is out you know there wasn't a lot of promotion either there wasn't a lot of promotion Or I just don't watch a lot of television anymore. I'm not sure which one is the case. No, they didn't promote it much at all. I didn't even know they were redoing it. No, they didn't. No, they didn't promote it much at all. I actually didn't know they were coming out with a second one. And I will say this. I we're going to watch it tonight. I think it's the plan. We're either going to go to a theater or we're going to watch it on HBO Max. Um. But we're very excited to watch it because it's got some really good reviews, which I know the first Suicide Squad was kind of like torn into a bit, and it just took forever to make the first one. I think they were heading in one direction, and then they saw how successful all the Avengers movies were with like the more comedic side of it, and I think they tried to reshoot it and add more of that in there. And it just came across as kind of a mess to people. Like, they didn't know what direction they were trying to go in. Um, But this one has, like, a 92 or 93% on Rotten Tomatoes and, like, a 7.7 on IMDb as of right now. So I'm very excited to see why it's that good. You know what I mean? Now, with the caveat that anytime one of these movies comes out, like a cult classic... The first people that hammer those uh, fan scores are super fans. So they're all giving it, you know, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. So what you usually see is like the first week that a movie like Suicide Squad comes out, um, that score is not going to hold. Now, how far it comes down is debatable. 7-7 seven, seven still. Um, I could see it staying in the 7s. I mean, so Thursday when it first came out, I took a look at the IMDb score and it was at an 8. And now it's at 7.7. And, I mean, it. we've had a couple of days where people could have really torn it down at this point. And we're still kind of hanging out at that high 7. So, I don't know. It might be worth it. I mean, when a movie is really bad or when, like, people really are not vibing with a film, you see how quickly that score gets low. I mean, there was a movie that was released recently with Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. 
And it literally has like a 13% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And it had that like from the instant it came out. It had Bruce Willis in it too. Like people were like, what the heck? So, I mean, they can definitely start low and stay low as well. So Absolutely. The new Space Jam movie, same thing. The LeBron Space Jam movie came out a couple weeks ago. Started low, stayed low. I could have told you that was going to happen though. You really can't recreate that film. I mean, you can try. And they did. And then kind of staying on topic of superhero villains, I haven't had a chance to talk about Loki yet. Let me just start by saying Brian will only be talking about Loki because I did the Falcon Winter Soldier and I got really into it and I really liked it. I cannot wait. I'm sure there'll be a second season and I cannot wait for it. And then when Loki came out, I was like, you know, Brian, it's not it doesn't really look my thing, but I gave it a shot. I feel like we need to get through it. I think that you'll like it. There's some really, really good episodes. I am on record saying that this is the best Marvel show so far. I don't mean movie. I mean show. I I liked WandaVision, and I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I don't think either of them were as good as Loki. Loki starts really, really good. The, The first episode is great. Second episode is also good. Third episode kind of loses the luster a little bit. But then episode four and five both feel like season finales. They're amazing. Your adrenaline's going the whole time. There's twists. Like, they both feel like season finales. And then you have the actual season finale. It's only a six-episode season. So you have the actual season finale, which is also really, really good. But half the season three of the six episodes are utterly amazing. Like they're, they're really, really good episodes and that's not counting the first one, which was also really good. So I think if you haven't seen it, there are hour long episodes. You can get through it, you know, in a week, a night, if you are very ambitious, definitely worth the watch. And they are confirmed to have a season two. I don't think, Falcon and the Winter Soldier are getting a season two, actually. No, don't be throwing that energy out there because there's no way that they'd leave it on a cliffhanger like that if they weren't going to do it. But these shows are supposed to tie into, like, the future movies. Mm, I don't know about that. We'll see. I'm thinking it will have a second season or some kind of show that picks up from where that one left off. There's just no action in Loki. You There's stopped, no action. You stopped after the first episode. He's not like fighting anybody physically. You cannot say that. <laughs> it's like men in black. They're just a bunch of like weird sciency, like time bending FBI agents. You quit before they introduced the villains. Plus, has Owen Wilson. I, I use villains loosely. Like, you'll understand when you watch the show. But you quit after the first episode. It is Owen Wilson, right? Yeah. Who crushes it in this show, by the way? He talks like, he talks like this. Yeah. Yes, he talks like you want to have coffee with him. You know, I just, I, <laughs> I can't do my impression of him. <laughs> do an impression of Owen Wilson. 
I won't. <laughs> I will not. Oh my god, I'm so it. bad at impressions. If Brian leaves us in, I'll be embarrassed. But if he does, I also will laugh at them. Will you try? Will you watch episode two with me? I you stopped after the first episode. You did not make it two episodes. It felt like two episodes because I was so bored. I think you'd like it if you gave it a chance. There's a female protagonist slash antagonist slash really sweet character. You love when a female plays that role. Like I, I think that you really like this character, and you don't even know who it is, and you'll never know who it is if you don't finish the season with me. Think about the other shows you gave up on. You ended up liking Game of Thrones, The Mandalorian. Look, so far the only thing that Tom Hiddleston has brought into my life that I've been very happy with is some really good Taylor Swift songs. Sorry. Did they date? Yeah, they dated. Taylor Swift dated Loki? He's like the inspiration for Getaway Car. Huh. Best, one of the best Taylor Swift songs, underrated, if you ask me. Can we do an entire episode dedicated to Taylor Swift? If you finish season one of Loki. Hmm. I might actually contemplate that. I don't feel like I should have to earn it, though, but whatever. Okay, so we are not doing a beer battle this week. Kelsey actually just got back from a bachelorette party. I didn't really drink too heavily at the bachelorette party. Honestly, I know that my tolerance is just not good anymore. And I wanted to, like be sober and be energized for this ghost tour that we were going to do. But then the ghost tour got canceled due to like rain. And then at that point I was just ready for a nap because I'm almost 30 years old and I'm just old. But that being said, I feel a little like even if I only had three seltzers yesterday, which I'm pretty sure that's the grand total for the whole day, I still feel seltzered out because I don't usually drink that much anymore. So in the spirit of wanting to enjoy the drink battle, we're going to just take one week off and then we jump right back into it for the two finales. The one finale to see which one's facing off against our all-time favorite and then those two do a face-off. So exciting battles coming, but since I know I'm going to like both the seltzers, I would rather be in the mood for it. All right, so as always, if you haven't caught up on the podcasts, this is the third region that we're doing the villain bracket for. We've already done the horror region. We've already done the Disney slash cartoons region. This is the superhero region. And then next week, we're going to be doing classic slash other that just don't really fit any other category. You'll notice that some of these actually... Probably all of these villains are in cartoons or in comic books because that's just how it works. But we had to break up the region somehow, and that's that's how we did it. If you want to follow along, the bracket will be posted on our Instagram, which is Take a Seat Not Aside, or our Facebook, which is also Take a Seat Not Aside. So hit up one of those, follow along, let us know if we did it wrong, if there's someone that you like better that should have been included. So who do we have helping us out this week? So just like the past two weeks, me and Kelsey are both going to cast a vote. And then we have a third party voting to break any ties. And I just read their vote anyways, because why not? And that is going to be my friend, Andrew Busom. He plays in my fantasy baseball league that you hate. 
Which one? <laughs> Get it? Because I hate all of them. So the first matchup in this bracket is the one seed Joker versus the 16 seed Raz Agul. I feel like, just like in March Madness, this one seems a bit unfair. <laughs> I mean, the Joker is legendary. He's just absolutely legendary. Even if you know nothing about comic books and you know nothing about superheroes, I feel like you know about the Joker. He's been in cartoons. He's been in comics. He's been in live action. He's been in a serious artistic role like when Joaquin Phoenix played him he's been portrayed in so many different ways like he's so ingrained in pop culture like you know who the Joker is versus Ra's al Ghul what makes Ra's al Ghul special is like he's the head of the League of Shadows so the League of Shadows produces a lot of awesome Batman villains one we might get into in a little bit um and being the head of it means that he's obviously a supervillain. But at the end of the day, like you said, the Joker has so many iconic roles. I feel like they're evil and they're villains in like two different ways. Like I feel like Ra's al Ghul is like a villain in a way that like he's like a leader. And yeah, he's still a badass, but it's more of like an intellectual thing. But, like, the Joker is just so psychotic and so crazy that he's so unpredictable. Like, you really don't know what he's going to do, which is also terrifying because how are you supposed to predict his next move? I feel like, I mean, I obviously we rank these the way that we rank them to make it as fair as possible. It's unfortunate, but I feel like Ra's al Ghul's got to go in this face-off. If he was against somebody else, it might be different, but I don't even feel like the Joker is overrated, like some people may say. Like, I feel like he has earned his place in the villain world. I will also go with the Joker. And like you said about the ranking, um, the very first week with the horror villains, I ranked them based on their IMDb fan votes, which kind of skewed it because the best villains don't always have the best movies. So we had like Jason Voorhees as a 13 seed, which is obviously very underseated. So going into the Disney bracket, I seeded them based on Google search hits, made it way more accurate in terms of seeding. And this week I did the same thing. So the Joker was the most searched villain of our 16 villains that we have. Ra's al Ghul was the last. So it just kind of, Speaks for itself there. And Andrew says... Also the Joker. Probably the least shocking decision we've had so far. All right, the second match is the nine-seeded Thanos against the eight-seeded Doctor Doom. And Doctor Doom, for those who don't know, is... Just because, I mean, I think Thanos is a little more popular in pop culture. But Doctor Doom is the kind of the main villain i'd say in the fantastic four series i think we kind of discussed thanos before in our random category game i think that he is one of the most powerful villains 
Once again, like I was saying before, he was always a step ahead of the Avengers. Always. He's able to wield all of the Infinity Stones without them killing him. Which is obviously incredible, considering what happened to somebody else who tried to do the same thing. So Doctor Doom, I like this kind of um, explanation of him. He is basically a mix of Iron Man lights and Doctor Strange lights, in that he is—he's like a scientific guy, but he uses magic too. I think I think I had a Doctor Doom toy when I was growing up. I think I was a very big fan of his when I was a child. I don't really remember though. Well, magic and science are a very deadly combination in the villain world. I think fans of the comics might not agree with us on this, but Kelsey and I were big Avengers fans. So we saw like the the Hollywood version of Thanos, which was phenomenal. And I don't want people to think that we're just rooting for who's more popular in pop culture, but that does take a place in it. I mean, we're talking about an epic villain. And honestly, if we were going with that standard, though, fully, then I feel like our other regions would have reflected that more, and I feel like they don't. Um, I think at the end of the day, I was watching the Avengers movies, and I was like, there's no way that they're going to beat him. I really didn't think, I mean, I knew that they would, obviously. They're not going to end the film with Thanos winning. But in a way, he kind of still won because they, defeating him took out one of the leaders of their group, which I think everyone can agree that Iron Man is one of the leaders in that group of superheroes. That's the thing. It took, like, the entire ensemble of Avengers to even correct the loss that they had originally. So, And if they didn't sacrifice themselves, they wouldn't have won. But yeah, Thanos is going to get my vote. Well, and it's pretty obvious, but I agree with you. And Drew went with Doctor Doom. Valid? Fair? I think that's a really good matchup. Like, we probably aren't giving Doctor Doom enough credit, but again, Thanos is deserving, so I don't feel bad. I feel as though in Fantastic Four, one of them also had to sacrifice themselves in a way to beat Dr. Doom, if I'm not mistaken. So it's kind of a very similar matchup. All right. The next matchup is the five seed Harley Quinn against the 12 seed Magneto. Hmm. Well, I feel like there's power in numbers. Magneto kind of has a lot of the villains of X-Men behind him in his mission. You know what I mean? So he is a leader. And you also have to think about in the sense of how much power does he have? I feel as though he's got their powers behind him, backing him. So definitely quite the opponent. Yeah, in terms of power, I mean, these aren't even close, right? Harley Quinn doesn't really have a power. She just has the baseball bat. Yeah, I mean, she really doesn't have any superhuman abilities. I mean, she's just crazy. Which doesn't preclude her from winning this, because as you could see from our horror villain bracket, like there are amazing villains that don't have superhuman strength. So like she could still be an iconic villain. And I mean, she's still like a badass fighter like there's that scene in suicide squad where she's in the elevator and she like takes out like five of them by herself 
And like the elevator arrives and she's just like, hey guys. And like, there's just all these bodies on the ground. Like you look at her and you might not initially be intimidated, but like that's part of her strength as well. Like, oh, I'm just a girl, but I can take 10 of you. I think Magneto's power is like the strongest in the X-Men world, right? One of the strongest. I mean, it's him and Professor X are like the main facing off individuals in X-Men. So I'd say that they're both equally powerful. So there is someone who's at an equal stance with him. I think how old and sweet Professor X is, though, makes you even hate Magneto more. Yeah, which maybe makes him a better villain because he's got all that anger inside of him from being compared to someone. I mean, that's kind of where I'm leaning with this. I don't think this one, in my opinion, is not close. I think it's Magneto in a landslide. I think Harley Quinn is iconic, for sure. I think she inspired a lot of Halloween costumes. Um, but I'm going to go with Magneto as well. Exactly. She's popular. I think you could flip these seeds and no one would even bat an eye. I think Harley Quinn is popular, but I think Magneto is the better villain. That's your vote too? Yep. And Drew also voted for Magneto. It's a 3-0 sweep. All right. Next, we have the 13-seeded Ultron against the four-seeded Venom. Me and Brian went back and forth with Venom because the way that I remember it, like from watching the movie with Tom Hardy, is that Venom was like basically forcing Tom Hardy to act. I mean, it's like being possessed by a devil or possessed by a demon, I should say. If you're possessed by the devil, run. (laughs) But being, like, possessed. Like, he had no control over his actions. How was that not... Brian tried to argue with me that Venom was, like, a good guy. He's listed as a villain in every list. Okay, yes and no. In the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, Venom is clearly evil. And Venom doesn't get his own character. It's just when Tobey Maguire starts turning dark and becomes a big douchebag. In the new Venom movies, um, yeah, Venom is like a, he's like a parasite that leeches into, they call it a symbiote. He leeches into Tom Hardy. And while he's not like. Giving him an option. No, but what I'm saying is like, yeah, he's not Santa Claus. Like he's not jolly. but he saves the world. He saves the world from the the big bad in the Venom movies. They describe him as a lethal protector. Yes, that's exactly a lethal protector. He's like an anti And one of the most complex characters because of this reason, probably. Like, you don't really know. He doesn't fit into a box. His big thing, too, is like he feeds off people, so he wants to eat people. And the new trailer that's coming out for the new Venom movie, he just says he wants to feast on bad guys. And Tom Hardy says, no, like, you can't just eat people. That's messed up. So he's like a an anti-hero, kind of like the Suicide Squad uh, villains. Like, they're bad, but are they actually bad? They're bad, but they're, like, working towards a common good. On the flip side, Ultron is purely evil. Well, and Ultron is, like, the opposite. He was made for, like, the good. Because he was made by Tony Stark, right? Yes. To be like a peacekeeper and to be something good. 
and then things just went way wrong. So it's almost like flipped. Like, at first glance, Venom is a villain, but realistically, is he a villain or is he a good guy? While on the other side, Ultron was made to be good and ends up being an asshole. (laughs) Ultron is basically what's so scary about AI is that if AI can ever get smart enough to realize that what's best for them is not letting humans in control, uh, like that's kind of the the horror aspect of any one of these. Uh, like iRobot, same thing, you know? Yeah, I thought Ultron was a really, really good villain. I feel like it's the same thing with Captain Hook, where he was like one of the most quote-unquote sympathetic villains. Like, we are sympathetic in a way to to Venom, because we realize that He's not all bad. I feel like for that reason, instead of letting it drag on, though, I'm going to go with Ultron. I'm also going to go with Ultron. Drew went with Venom. I still think Venom's a really awesome character, and I really enjoyed that movie. I don't think it did very well ratings-wise, but I remember watching it and thinking it was very entertaining and just thinking, like, the acting was really good, and I felt like the story was really good. So I do want to say I think it's a really good movie. I just don't know if he's enough of a villain to move past his round. Yeah, it only has a 6.7 on IMDb, which is pretty low for a Marvel movie. Pr- decent scores, though. Definitely watchable. I, I liked it, too. But that's pretty low for the Marvel movies. All right, next up, we've got the three-seated Loki against the 14-seated Lex Luthor. Well, Loki is like the god of mischief, right? Is that what they say? Correct. Hmm. The thing about Lex Luthor is that how big of a badass do you have to be to not be afraid of Superman? Superman, I think we've discussed, is the most powerful hero. Lex Luthor is just a dude. Super smart dude, but just a dude. And he is still Superman's biggest foe. Well, he knows Superman's weaknesses and he knows how to wield them against him. Isn't that kind of a good way of putting it? Like, uh, but we're talking about like Smallville Lex Luthor or the comic book Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor is not even close to being scary. What a poor casting choice. Are you kidding me? Mark Zuckerberg from Social Network is who we picked as Lex Luthor. Lord. Luthor has, like, such an ego issue, too, and that drives, like, it's like little man syndrome, but instead it's, well... It's still little man syndrome compared to Superman, so I guess it is little man syndrome. But Loki has that same kind of drive. Like, Loki's entire life, he is the lesser of, you know, Thor is the god of thunder. Loki is his not-as-powerful little brother, and that that's always irked him a little bit. So you can see it a lot in the Loki TV show. Like, I don't want to give spoilers away, but there's a lot of that, like, needing to prove himself. But then you add the fact that he's a god and has abilities into that mix. And once again, which one's more like pop culture relevant? 
I would say Lex Luthor because it's always been the most main villain in the Superman world. But that being said, who has more power and who actually could stand up to who they're fighting? Does that make sense? I feel like it would be Loki. I mean, Loki just has more abilities. That being said, everyone in the Avengers is pretty much Team Thor. So not only does he have to battle against the immediate people he faces, he also has to battle against, like, all the Avengers. Loki's kind of got that Venom thing going, though, where, like, yes, he is a villain most of the time, but there's also times where he works with the Avengers and is sidekicks with Thor. So I think his character is more dynamic. I don't know. I think I like everything about Loki more than Lex Luthor, besides the fact that Lex Luthor isn't afraid of Superman. So I am voting. I'm voting Loki. It's not an easy choice at all. I feel like they're both very similar. And that makes it more difficult to pick. We're going to have our first disagreement on this. And I don't know if we are. I'm just taking a second to think about it. I mean, does Loki ever really succeed? Kind of, sort of. The thing about Loki, and you get this from the the show, is that Lokis survive. That's the thing. Lokis survive. They might not win, but they don't, they don't die. But at the same time, is he really a villain? Like, because sometimes we side with him. Lex Luthor is a villain. You're right. not going to find yourself siding with Lex Luthor. Ever. I feel like I want to go with Lex Luthor. I don't know. Like, the more I sat here and actually thought about it, because I feel like I was leaning towards Loki, but, like, I feel like as soon as I said that, I was like, wait a minute. Like, I feel like sometimes we side with him. You almost feel bad for him, too. You're like, oh, poor Loki. Just can't seem to win. I'm going to go with Lex Luthor. So for the first time, Drew decides the outcome, and he votes for Lex Luthor. Sorry, Brian. Next up, we've got the 11-seeded Mystique against the 6-seed Bane. Ooh. I had to push Brian a little bit on Mystique because I don't think that he quite, like he didn't really know a lot about the character. Um, But she really does have quite the advantage with her powers. She can essentially turn into whoever. So she can trick people. I mean, it's easy to manipulate somebody and to deceive them, obviously, when you can just physically change into them, into another person. You know what I mean? I should have used that argument for Loki last round. Maybe I could have convinced you. Oh, that is true. I don't know. I probably may have came to the same conclusion. At the end of the day, though, Bane is terrifying. I mean. So it's not very fair for me to rank Bane or the Joker because I am a massive, massive Christopher Nolan fan. And the Dark Knight trilogy, it's probably 1A and 1B with Lord of the Rings for my favorite trilogy ever. So I'm just so skewed by the way that Heath Ledger played the Joker and the way Tom Hardy played Bane. I thought they were phenomenal and 
the characters were both menacing and smart. Like both their plans were awesome. And like Bane, we see is stronger than Batman, easily stronger than Batman. And he's smart. Like his plan is genius. Uh, like you said, I don't, I don't have anything to say about Mystique, but I don't know if it would matter because I'm probably voting Bane over 90% of villains. Bane is terrifying because he's so strong, right? I mean. Yeah, he's like super, super strong. He can basically just crush people without, with little to no effort. But he's also like super smart. Like he's, uh, he's got like, I wouldn't say Joker's level of planning, but towards that level, at least in the movie. Um, but yeah, you, it's his strength that makes him so scary. I mean, I don't know if necessarily like in a strength battle, if they would compete much, but Mystique has a power that can really be used to her advantage to already put you in a weak spot anyways, where you're, you've let your guard down or you don't have the means to fight her. I didn't watch a lot of the newer X-Men films, but I think they took her character in more of a sympathetic direction where you were kind of seeing the good in her a little bit. I feel like with Bane, I mean, there's not really a sympathetic view of his character, period. You don't really feel bad for him at any point. How are you supposed to? He's just purely evil. He's just purely a bad person. Also, another one of those scenarios where you look at him versus Batman and you're like, okay, Batman, I don't know about this one, buddy. I don't know if your gadgets are really going to save you on this one. Like, I don't know if your little belt is really going to come in handy. (laughs) It's kind of like the Thanos thing. Like, you're looking at it and you're like, really? Like, I know how this is going to end, but how did we get there? Like, how did we get to the point where he's going to be the one that makes it out. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the ending like supposed to make us think that Batman did have to sacrifice himself? Not to kill Bane. Bane was already dead at the end, but to save the city, yeah. Okay, sorry. Because I remember there's a scene in Paris, and we're like, is are they imagining that they see each other? Do they actually see each other? Like, like whole like, yeah, that's just thing. Christopher Nolan being awesome and leaving that in her head. So I like to believe he made it out, but that doesn't necessarily make it true. Um, hmm. my vote is for Bane. I mean, if we're going on creativity, I feel like the idea of mystique is more creative than the idea of Bane. Bane's just another, bulky asshole what do you mean just another or perhaps he's wondering why someone would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane oh lord they double dipped with tom hardy i mean it's not the first time they've double dipped but they double dipped those are two different doesn't matter bane is dc right right it is unique that they used him for couldn't find another character not to say that he's not an epic actor that did both very well but double-dipped, nonetheless. Is Kira on our villain bracket? Because I swear, if she tries to chew those headphones one more time, she will be. 
what are you doing, ma'am? I'm going to go with Bane. Just because I'd be more scared of Bane. <laughs> and Drew also went with Bane. Brings us to seven-seated the Green Goblin against ten-seated Shredder. And for anyone that's like, the Ninja Turtles aren't superheroes. <gasps> Wrong. How could anyone think that? Heroes in a half shell. Yes, it's literally in their theme song. <laughs> so they count. I loved the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies because, like, that was, like, my childhood-ish. I thought it was, like, it was kind of, like, my first. I used to watch, like, the older Batman movies. My older brother is a huge superhero nerd. Like, this would have totally been his thing. Um, And I'm sure he has so many opinions. If he listens to this episode, he's going to, like, have so many opinions on it. Um, so I grew up watching a lot of those movies because that's what he wanted to watch. And I'd always sit there and like ask a million questions and I'm sure he just wanted to like toss me off the couch multiple times. So I watched a lot of those Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and like that was like such a memorable villain for me. And in that movie it's played by, um, the guy from Boondock Saints, right? Yes. Give me the name. Give me the name. Oh, my Lord. William Defoe. I feel so uncultured for not knowing that name off the top of my head. So, like, the Green Goblin is considered one of the most unhinged, like, villains of all time, which is very interesting. You take, like, a normal person and then... He's enhanced by these abilities, but, like, to, like, a scientific degree. It's not just, like, he was given some gadgets, and now look what he can do. My thing, though, the Green Goblin isn't even that scary. I think it's his abilities that are scary. And then he kind of, if we're going off the movie base, because I didn't really read a lot of the comic books, so I kind of only have the movies to go off of. I mean, it's kind of when... Spider-Man first became Spider-Man, so he's still learning his abilities. I don't know. I was a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, and everybody in those shows is terrified of Shredder. Just terrified of him. And then you get Super Shredder later. But, like, the the very first Ninja Turtles movie, you only see Shredder's shadow for the first half of it, and even that sends chills down your spine. I think that makes an amazing villain. Like, Shredder is a really, really good villain. And then he is obviously, like, a super awesome fighter, too. He's got all of his ninja skills. And and then he's obviously the leader of the foot, the, you know, the band of ninjas that he leads. So, Shredder, for me, I'm not saying in a fight against the Green Goblin. I'm just saying, in general, I think Shredder is the better villain. I mean, I think the bigger villain was going to be high cholesterol from all that pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I love when they were all little turtles. Like when they show them as little baby turtles. Turtle, turtle. Like the real turtles? Yeah. Before they become like mutants. They're just so cute. 
I will say, like, that's their only villain, right? So, like, you're very invested in them facing off against him, right? There's a couple, like Bebop and Rocksteady. But Bebop and Rocksteady are created by Shredder, and so are Tokar and Razar. He's like the Raza Ghoul of the Turtles. <laughs> yeah, he is. I just think he's even scarier than Raza Ghoul, though. Well, Raza Ghoul fights too. I mean, he trained Batman, right? So I couldn't quite get a good image of Shredder because it's been a while since I've seen. I saw the Megan Fox version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> but it's been a while since I've seen like the original. And I typed in Shredder, and all that came up were paper shredders. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> I mean, Shredder's definitely a, a badass. I don't know, though. Every time that, like, there's science involved or, like, in this case, this was a man-made situation. Like, he was doing this science experiment and then it just went overboard. And look what he became from it. I don't know, like, power-wise, like, who's more powerful but Shredder is, I mean, he's massive and he's skilled. Well, the, the original Shredder isn't, but when he becomes super Shredder, he's, he becomes, yes, he's massive. and. Well, yeah. So what he becomes in the end, which is still him, correct? Yes. So when we say Shredder, we mean Shredder. All through... versions of Shredder. Exactly. It's not like Green Goblin becomes super Green Goblin. I don't know. I feel at a standstill. I feel like I'm going to go with Green Goblin. I think we're going to have another disagreement. So Drew decides this one again for us, and he votes for Shredder. Thank you, Drew. That brings us to the final match Thank of the you, first. Thank you, Drew. <laughs> that brings us to the final match of the first round, which is Darkseid versus Red Skull. Yes, and I am surprised that Red Skull was the two seed in this. But that's how the cookie crumbled. I'm shocked that Darkseid was only a 15 seed because, I mean, I trust our process 100%. I just feel like Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League and, like, Justice League in general, like, that was the main villain. Yeah, it was, like, Stefan Wolf was the one acting under Darkseid for a lot of the film. But if that's Darkseid's peasant... Doesn't that make you more scared of the boss? So I think that's what makes Darkseid so terrifying and and what could be exciting about the next time we see the Justice League. But, I mean, in the movie, we don't see him much at all. He's basically just like this entity that Steppenwolf is scared of. So he's everything Steppenwolf does is because he's trying to prove himself or scared of Darkseid. And Steppenwolf himself is very, very strong. So that just kind of... Tells you what we have to look forward to in Darkseid. Uh, I think Red Skull is just super popular because the Captain America series was so big. Um, but at the same time, like, kind of like what we talked about with Scar last week, Red Skull is basically Hitler. They portray him as, like, the Marvel Hitler. And what more do you need from a villain 
than being Hitler. Yeah, take the most terrifying and destructive person in history and then, like, reform him into a comic book villain. Like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> what did you think you were going to get? That is hard. It's hard because I feel like we don't know a lot yet about Darkseid, but at the same time, when they were going against Stephen Wolf, the whole time I was thinking, once again, how are they going to defeat this person? Like, how are they going to overcome him? Because it didn't seem obvious as to how they were going to wing that and pull that off. So, if he's scared of dark side, like, uh, uh-oh, you know? And we don't really get to come to that conclusion yet. But at the same time, maybe dark side's making him do all the dirty work and is just kind of like a mastermind figure. And therefore, if he's just the mastermind, physically, he might not be as much as an opponent. I mean, have you seen pictures of Darkseid? They show him a little bit in the movie, but he kind of looks like Thanos from hell. I don't think he I don't think he's just a mastermind. I'm pretty sure he is going to be immensely powerful. I was just trying to do devil's advocate there. I mean, I kind of knew who I was siding with. (laughs) Get it? Siding with. (laughs) So. I'm going to vote dark side. Despite Red Skull being the head of Hydra, I do agree that dark side is probably the better villain. Yeah, they're not beating dark side. No. Drew went with Red Skull, which I I think it's fair. Like we said, he's basically Marvel's Hitler. So I understand the vote. I am just more terrified of our heroes facing Darkseid in the future. I'm sorry. Darkseid abilities. Superhuman strength, speed, agility, and durability. Okay, whatever. Genius level intelligence, eh, most of them do. Flight, yeah, but he's going against Superman, so, you know, might not be an issue. Teleportation. Telekinesis. Immortal. Oh, has no vulnerabilities. Oh, cool. (laughs) Like, I mean, there's even more. What? Immortal. (laughs) That might make, like, how funny it would be. Justice League 2. Literally, they just, all the heroes just die in the end. And that's the end of the movie. Like, didn't see that one coming. They actually don't win in the end of the film. He could take this bracket. All right. Going on to the second round, we've got the Joker. All right, moving on to the second round, we've got the one-seated Joker against nine-seated Thanos. Oh, shoot. (laughs) I mean, the Joker is kind of like a mob boss, right? Yes, for for bad guys, for villains. 
yes, in the very basic sense of the term, he's a mob boss. I'm absolutely mentally insane, which is never a good start. I think overall, Thanos is scarier and harder to defeat. But when we're talking about iconic villains, Joaquin Phoenix's role as the Joker might very well be like the fourth best it was ever played. Because Nicholson played it great. Because Heath Ledger played it great. Because Mark Hamill voices the cartoon so good. And the Joaquin Phoenix of Joker was also really, really good. Like most of the time that we've seen the Joker, it has been a legendary performance. It's hard for me to it's hard for me to vote against that, but I'm willing to hear what you gotta say about Thanos. Like, if Thanos and the Joker had to ever face off, I don't think there's any question as to who would win power wise. Yeah, not even close. That being said though, if we're talking about someone who's memorable and has carried like a comic for forever obviously we're gonna go with the joker like i think of i think you can think of the avengers and think of something other than just thanos but i don't think you can think of batman and not think of the joker but i think there's no question that physically thanos could just snap his fingers (laughs) and bye bye joker (laughs) If he happens to be on that half of the 50%, you know what I mean? But does that make him a better villain? He's not very creative. I feel like Thanos is like the Marvel version of Darkseid. Like when you look at their abilities, they're very similar. And you said it before, without the stones, he's not as scary those stones make him as epic as he is right yeah right like without the stones he's still amazing like he's as strong or he's stronger than the hulk probably which is an amazing feat on its own um he's super smart like without the stones he's still a great a villain with the infinity stones though he is basically a god with all of the infinity stones he's basically immortal too but that's why it was so hard for them to figure out how to beat him like dr strange said uh that it was one in 14 million scenarios where they can beat him and that mm-hmm. was the one that tony stark had to die blah, blah 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 but that's how strong of a villain that he was was that 14 million other times the avengers still couldn't beat thanos so in terms of just like being a hard villain to beat Obviously, it's Thanos. But in terms of an iconic villain, which is kind of what I'm going with out here, I've I've got to vote for the Joker. I do feel like, though, in the first round, the icon portion of things didn't really decide who won. But going back to that, okay, the stones are what make him as terrifying as he is. He's still scary. He's still hard to go against, but those stones are what make him practically indestructible. 
versus the Joker doesn't really need much to be a badass villain. Not to mention he's got poison and explosions on his side as well. I feel like I'm going to go with the Joker as well, though. I just want to go with my gut here. And maybe I'm biased because I really just enjoy the character. That's two votes for the Joker. Drew voted for Thanos. I feel like Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker alone deserves a bye. <laughs> All right, that brings us to the next matchup, which is 12-seeded Magneto against 13-seeded Ultron. Now, this is a good example of why we can't just do who would win in a fight because Magneto's <laughs> ridiculous superpower is that he can control everything metal, and Ultron is completely made of metal, so... I was just thinking that. Oh my gosh, I was just thinking that. But why can't that be a factor? It can be considered, but it just can't be the. I mean, I'm not voting just on that. You could bend him in half. Break him into little metal pieces. I feel like and obviously this is kind of how things went in a way if tony stark builds the robot tony stark should be able to destroy the robot not only that but once again if we're going on the icon route i mean everyone knows who magneto is i feel like this is easy for me I feel like it's Magneto. I feel like he wins in the strength department. I know. I know. Like, the intelligence of that robot was probably ridiculous. The abilities of that robot was probably ridiculous. But at the end of the day, it's a robot. The thing about Ultron was, like, he was omnipresent. Because Tony Stark built him to, like, be able to be a world defense system. So he was tapped into, like, everything, everywhere. Which makes him like a really, really interesting, unique villain himself. But yes, I think Magneto, it's kind of like what you said about like the Joker carried that franchise, right? Ultron isn't even the best villain in the Avengers movies. Whereas Magneto is the villain in X-Men. Like, yeah. He's, yeah. he's the scariest. He's the strongest. He leads the pack. Yeah, he's a leader. Um, Definitely my vote goes to Magneto. Also, just turn off all the machines. Right? (laughs) I mean, you can't can't just shut off Ultron. We all just become Amish. That's not how it works. And we turn off all our computers and TVs. Drew also voted for Magneto. And then next, we've got 14-seeded Lex Luthor against 6-seeded Bane. That's that's a really good matchup. I like getting matchups between, you know, these are both DC villains, but one is a Superman villain, the other is a Batman villain. I feel like that's interesting. And it's just kind of like, what's what makes a better villain? Bane being pretty smart and ridiculously strong 
or Lex Luthor just being an evil genius. Wouldn't you say Bane's kind of a combination of both? I think he's a combination of both, but I think that's, I think that might be doing a disservice to how smart Lex Luthor actually is. Like, there's levels to it, you know? I mean, if we're going with most iconic, I feel like it's Lex Luthor. So, just a quick Google search here. Lex Luthor's IQ is estimated to be 225, which is easily the highest in the DC Universe. It says that he's mastered every science known to man. So, yeah, like Bane is very smart for a villain, but Lex Luthor is the smartest person in the universe. So, just the different tiers to that. And depending on where you take Lex Luthor's story, from what I understand, he, they had that, um, there was like a high tech war suit that gave him powers as well. So depending on where where you're taking his character from, he has the ability to be very powerful. Because, I mean, everyone would agree that Batman's very powerful. Well, Batman is powerful because of his intelligence, his money, and what he was able to create for himself or have other people create for him. Kind of the same concept. But in villain form. And what we forgot to mention before, the kryptonite ring, uh, yeah, pretty beneficial to have a ring made of kryptonite when the person you're going against has a weakness of kryptonite. I'm actually surprised because, like I said, I'm a huge Nolan fanboy, but I am going to vote against Bane. I'm going to vote for Lex Luthor on this. I'm going to agree with you. Drew voted for Bane on that one understandable but that brings us to the last match of the second round which is shredder versus dark side mm-hmm. <laughs> okay but you, <laughs> you laugh but you're looking at it as a 1v1 match again that's not fair you just let me know when you're ready to vote <laughs> you just let me know <laughs> Shredder is like, (laughs) I can't even. (laughs) Do you want to describe the look on my face to our listeners? Okay, so I know Kelsey's voting for Darkseid. Which, he's here for a reason. Like I said, he's kind of like the Thanos from hell. I think Kelsey kind of underrates Shredder. She voted against him last round. She's not even going to give him a chance this round. He is like, he is the big bad in the Ninja Turtles. Every other one of these movies that come out, they have a different big bad. Pretty much every movie. Thanos got two movies. But Shredder is the constant big bad in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's always the endgame. He's always, Turtles are ever going to win. They have to take down Shredder at the end of the movie, at the end of the TV show. I think that that gets overlooked when you just compare his, the fact that he doesn't have superhuman strength. The whole, no one in that series has superhuman strength, so that's not fair. Kelsey's not convinced. I would just like you to know that Shredder's armor was inspired by cheese graters. Cheese graters. Cheese shredders? Nope, says graters. Cheese graters. Shredded cheese? Which makes me more hungry than scared. You know, 
He's wearing shin guards, Brian. <sighs> Look, we can disagree. That's why we have a third party. Those turtles would go back into their half shells and stay there forever if Darkseid showed up. They'd be like, oh, don't mind us. Just going back to the sea. I remember when I was a child and the way that they introduced Shredder in the movies was actually scary. Shredder used to scare me. I, I'm voting Shredder. Your vote? I think having a dairy allergy and being one of those turtles is more terrifying. I'm really sorry. I know I'm making you so sad. I know. Drew votes for Shredder. <laughs> Let's go. Cheese grater moves on. <laughs> Get hype. Get hype. They were going to name him Grater because of Cheese Grater. <laughs> All right. That brings us to the last four in this region. We've got the Joker versus Magneto. The thing about both of these is. Like you said, they both carried a franchise. Like, the Joker is the villain for Batman. Yes, I know there's other ones, but he is the Batman villain. And Magneto is the X-Men villain. We'll have that same dilemma in the next matchup, too, but both of these two are epic. So, obviously, on powers, it's Magneto. The Joker doesn't have superpowers. But I think that kind of, in a one-on-one fight, that hurts the Joker. But as what makes him a unique, iconic villain, not having the powers is pretty special too. The fact that he can go toe-to-toe with Batman despite just being a weirdo is pretty cool. Now, doing a deeper dive into Magneto, though, once again, he is a more complex character. So, essentially, he's described as a good man that frequently does bad things. So he was a child of a Holocaust camp, which is kind of his backstory. Like, so he's just lost faith in humanity, essentially. Like, he just doesn't believe that there's good people out there anymore. And that's turned him bad. I feel like there's more complexity to his character, which, in my opinion, makes him a better villain. Like, you actually learn about his backstory. I'm not saying you don't learn about the Joker's backstory. I mean, obviously, the whole Joker movie that came out with Joaquin Phoenix was to give you a side of the Joker that you don't normally see. I mean, that was his origin film. I don't know. This one's really hard. This is actually harder than I thought it would be. I feel like Magneto needs his own film. To change our mind. And it needs to be done by Christopher Nolan. (laughs) And if you movie producers hear me say that and you steal my idea, I'm going to be pissed. If I'm just going one, two, three answer, which I might just have to do, I think I'm going to go with the Joker. I don't have a justification. The Joker for me encompasses an entire, like, Batman world as the top villain, in my opinion. 
And just because Batman is so much larger, in my opinion, than X-Men, I feel like I want to go with the Joker. I feel like if we went with Magneto, it would be just to be fair, because we are both big Batman fans, and I'm not about to do that, so I'm going with the Joker for sure. Once again, I don't think people fully understand how much this pains me because I really, I just need more information. I need another, I need an origin story for Magneto to pull my vote the other way. I need to see more. And because I've already seen it with the Joker, I'm going to go with the Joker. And Drew also goes with the Joker. So that's a 3-0 sweep in the last four in this region, which says a lot about the Joker. And then we have Lex Luthor versus Shredder. And after all that stuff I said about Shredder, and I do think he's iconic, that IQ score is really sticking with me right now. Like After Googling that, it says Albert Einstein's IQ was between 160 and 180. Batman, who's obviously super smart too, he has all those gadgets and super rich, you know, I mean, he's the head of Wayne Enterprises. His IQ is 192. So Lex Luthor being that much more of a genius is awesome. Well, and that's what we kind of were going with, with like the horror movie villain bracket too. We wanted a villain that was original, somebody that was smart about what they did, something that made them stand out. Once again, if the Joker encompasses the villain world of Batman... I feel like Lex Luthor does the same for Superman, who is just as big as Batman in like people's minds when they think of superheroes. Yeah. Like if I went to a random person, I said, name three superheroes. Batman and Superman are easily in those three. Who'd be the third? Maybe Iron Man? Spider-Man. Like if you're just going to a random person that maybe isn't a big superhero fan, I feel like that might be the three. But that's a whole other episode in itself. Let's let's wind it back. <laughs> One thing about Shredder too is that he is not a genius. He's a very he's smart. Every one of these villains is smart, but he's not like super intelligent. So I think it's kind of like Lex Luthor's playing chess while Shredder's playing checkers type thing. So definitely my vote is for Lex Luthor. I don't even think you need to ask me. Lex Luthor. (laughs) And Drew also went with Lex Luthor. So 3-0 sweeps for both the Joker and Lex Luthor. So that brings us to the final matchup of the superhero villain region. It's one-seeded Joker against 14-seeded Lex Luthor. What an underdog story. Lex Luthor is not Google-searched enough, apparently. Before we get into it, we do just have a couple honorable mentions that we did not include in our bracket. And Every week I get people saying, how didn't you include this person? How didn't you include this person? I get it. There's a lot. There's a lot of villains here that that are kind of on the fringe of if they deserve to be in this bracket. But for the honorable mentions that we're listing, we've got Dark Phoenix from X-Men. We've got the Penguin from Batman. We've got Scarecrow from Batman. We've got Catwoman from Batman. 
Batman just has some really good villains. And then we've got the entire Suicide Squad cast, besides obviously Harley Quinn. And the Joker. Joker's not really like part of the Suicide Squad, but in the film. I just said something that I think is a really good point. Batman has a lot of epic villains, yet the Joker still comes out on top. Not to say that Superman doesn't have a lot of crazy epic villains too, but I think they did a disservice by not getting people more interested in the villains in Superman. I wonder what the Joker's estimated IQ is. Well, he's kind of described as a criminal mastermind, so it's got to be pretty high. Okay, so this Google search says the Joker's estimated IQ was around 350 with Batman's around 290. That's ridiculous. And that just shows you, like, there is so much information out there that will contradict each other on any type of character battle you try to do. Just from what I've seen, I don't think the Joker is as smart as Lex Luthor. Would you agree? I don't think he's as smart as Lex Luthor either. Um, Speaking of testing, if we were to go with like the sociopath test, I feel like Lex Luthor is a bigger sociopath. I feel like the Joker is probably more unhinged because he's just crazy. So what's scarier? A really intelligent villain who's very driven or an unhinged villain who's very driven. I really liked watching Smallville when I was younger. I feel like it gave you a really good like backstory. Now, obviously, I'm sure the comics take things in different directions and Smallville took things in different directions. But like from my knowledge of Smallville, like they were friends in the beginning. And then they had a falling out, which is obviously more crazy than your typical falling out because Superman is Superman. Clark Kent is Superman. And obviously that brings other things into the forefront. And then also Lex Luthor has been given everything he's ever wanted in life, yet he still wants more. You know? I feel like the Joker is easier to defeat. I would agree with that. I think he's easier to defeat. Man, every ounce of me wants to vote for the Joker, but... The Joker's unpredictable. Like, I feel like Lex Luthor is more predictable because his drive is jealousy. His drive is taking down Superman, knocking him down pegs because he doesn't want to feel less powerful than Superman. So his actions might be more predictable. But I feel like that doesn't necessarily mean that he's easier to defeat. Yeah, I don't think he is. But I just keep going back to how amazing the Joker has been portrayed and everything that he's been in. I'm going to vote for the Joker. I don't want to be predictable and just like, I feel like people are going to go into this episode and just be like, obviously it's the Joker. But there's a reason for that. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like he's earned his place. 
And you can't say I don't know a lot about Lex Luthor just from just not educating myself. Yes, I could have read the comic books, but I've seen the movies. I've seen Smallville. I've seen as much as I've seen of the Joker, I've seen of Lex Luthor. But they do a better job of giving you a better idea of the character. And that's not, I mean, they just did a better job, in my opinion. And I'm not going to spoil it. You have to go back and listen to the last two episodes. But which one of these two villains has a better chance to beat the villains that we've advanced from the last two regions? The Joker. I'm going to go with the Joker. Drew also goes with the Joker. So even in the regional final, we get a 3-0 sweep for the Joker. And yes, maybe too predictable, but there's a reason for that. This was really hard. I think this is one of the hardest regions we've done. I feel like if we were just going solely on the comics, I understand that we might have a different outcome. And we may have included different villains. But we're going off of what we know we can argue. And also, we're going off of what is more of a public opinion on what the top villains are, too. You know, because we're doing our research when we come up with these lists. We're not just sitting there like, here are our favorites, you know. But give us your feedback. Let us know who we left off. I know you guys always do. We don't even really need to ask for it. Um, But let us know what you think. We really are interested. And go back and listen to the other two regions because we're going to do our final region in the next episode. And then people are going to start to face off. And it's going to be epic. All right, guys. Thanks to Drew for helping us out today. And thank you guys for listening.